We're talking with uh, Blair Horner of, of NYPIRG, the New York Public Interest Research Group. And I, I guess on the 28th of February, the uh, state legislature finally appears to have finalized the process on what the congressional district maps are going to look like. Um, so, so Blair, is this an important development or, you know, why should uh, good government people be concerned about this whole process? Well, uh, the, it means that for the congressional lines, the lines are finally drawn unless there's more litigation, which there always is. Um, and, you know, for people to run for Congress, uh, they, you know, they need to know what district they live in. And so these were the final lines, uh, supposedly. Uh, for the uh, 29, I'm sorry, uh, 26 congressional districts in New York. Uh, and um, it matters a lot because last time in, 19, in 2022, when there were congressional elections, it was the fact that the Republicans did better than expected in New York that allowed the Republicans to seize control of the House of Representatives in Washington. And that not only has impacts in terms of public policy because there are partisan and ideological differences between the parties when it comes to the domestic front, but it has an impact on world affairs. So, for example, it's the Republican opposition to uh, providing aid to Ukraine, for example, that has basically allowed the Russians uh, to pick up uh, their uh, invasion and to get back on offense uh, in that war. Now, again, how somebody feels about that war is not necessarily the point right now, but it it does make a big difference uh, in terms of who controls the House and, when, and the result of public policy. So in terms of New York, New, control of the House may run again right through the state of New York uh, in 2024. Well, just a brief summary, you know, New York had amended its constitution, set up this independent redistricting commission two years ago. They Drew maps, legislature rejected it, adopted their own. The courts had had too much gerrymandered in favor of the Democrats. Um, court ordered its own maps. They gave the independent district and commission another shot at it. Um, the legislature made a few tweaks to what the independent commission came up with, but nothing, you know, particularly major. Some changes to help, I think, Bowman in one of his congressional races downstate, a little bit, I think, for, for Ryan and one of the uh, Hudson Valley and maybe shape up a little bit uh, uh, on Long Island. So the Republicans say, hey, we're not happy, but we're not going to going to sue. Is this is this indication that this constitutional new process is going to work in the future? Or is it let's just get out of here and we'll worry about this, you know, eight years from now? Yeah, I mean, you know, every time you say independent redistricting commission, Mark, it makes my skin crawl because they're not independent. And that's part of the problem. Uh, they are appointees of the two major political parties, and just when the, just because the two major political parties agree doesn't necessarily mean it's in the best interest of the public. Uh, just point out to your listeners that there are more people that are not registered in any political party than there are Republicans in New York State, and yet they have no institutional say in this matter. But for the moment, you're right. The commission was created in 2014. Nyberg opposed it. We thought it would be a bipartisan mess. Sadly, we were right. Uh, the commission came up with lines this year uh, as a result of a court case, as you pointed out. Uh, they came up with lines that were advanced to the legislature on Monday, uh, that those maps were voted down, uh, and uh, then the legislature drew their own lines, largely tweaks off what the commission had come up with um, in uh, the day before. Uh, and, you know, it, you know, reading the tea leaves, I mean, who knows? You look at down, I look at these maps from 30,000 feet, 
But, you know, anytime you make any sort of changes in these districts, particularly when you have so many districts that were won by the incumbent with a very tiny majority, any sort of changes could make it could have a dramatic impact on who gets elected in 2024. So I think the process still stinks. Uh, and until you have a truly independent redistricting process, it's not going to get any better. But nevertheless, it is what it is. Uh, and it does show that, that when the legislature wants to move something, they move it fast. Basically, within 24 hours, bills were passed to change the district lines and to limit the courts that anyone could go to to file litigation to challenge it. I would guess that's not exactly an exercise in good government or transparency. <laughs> well, you know, they, it was muscled through. So if you have the muscle, you use it. Uh, and that's what happened in this case. Well, you know, speaking of muscle, uh, I, I saw uh, this week that um, college students from, from both CUNY and SUNY showed up at the uh, state capitol. I believe Nightberg helped, you know, bring them out there and uh, asking for more money than what the governor is proposing in the, uh, the state budget. How, how are our colleges, you know, faring at this point? I actually understand, isn't the governor actually asking for some additional funding this year? Well, you know, it, it's always the, the the higher education budget is always one of these things. that's a little tricky because it depends on the account. Uh, but we view it as the, I mean, the governor proposes cuts, for example, to these programs called opportunity programs, which are designed to be on college campuses, both public and in, in the independent sector, to help provide services to needy students. The governor proposes across the board cuts. Uh, so there's more money in SUNY and CUNY in terms of their administrative operating expenses. That's true. Uh, but the state's 50-year-old tuition assistance program doesn't have any meaningful changes. Uh, the opportunity programs were cut. In so many ways, it's sort of a status quo, awful budget that you've seen over the recent past. We think it's a huge mistake. This is one investment where you the product is something that everyone wants. You know, more skilled workers, more civically minded uh, individuals. Uh, and every time you put money into uh, into higher education, you get five to eight dollars back in economic activity. And so given how much the state wastes on so-called economic development programs, and we think it'd be much more sense to pump it into colleges. Now, in this area, in the Capital District, the College of St. Rose is closing. You know, I don't know all the details of why. Uh, but it's like a neutron bomb is going to hit the middle of uh, the city of Albany. Ninety properties this College of Saint Rose owns, and to some extent, uh, the the failure of the College of Saint Rose is a result of public policy, the way that the state has cut financial aid, particularly for the independent sector. So yesterday was a big lobby day for hundreds of uh, college students, both in CUNY, SUNY, but also in the independent sectors, lobbying for improved tuition assistance improved opportunity programs, and more funding to keep colleges afloat, because we think that is a good economic development investment. Now, isn't part of the, the problem, especially, you know, say five years out, is that um, basically fewer and fewer college-age students are going to be coming down the, the pike, and that's going to make it more difficult, you know, for existing programs to continue to you know, supply the same level of, of, of teaching and, and programs to students. Does the governor sort of address that long-term issue at all? Well, the, 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 uh, in the public sector, the state is doing things. So, for example, you don't have to 
pay fees to apply. I mean, they don't, they're doing a lot of things to make it easier for students to apply to go to college. And while it is true that the demographic trend for the 18 to 24 year olds is, you know, shrinking in terms of that trend, um, uh, you know, the majority of 18 to 24 year olds don't go to college or don't get a college degree. Uh, and so we think, well, you know, the question then is why? I mean, people don't have to go to college, of course, uh, but uh, if they can't go because they don't think they can afford it, uh, if they don't think they can go because they don't get the services that they need because their family's struggling or they're on their own, uh, those are programs the state should be investing money in because it's a, you know, long-term investment in the state's uh, future, and it's a short-term investment in the local economies uh, that businesses and uh, uh, college employees all rely on, uh, and they pay taxes and spend money. Uh, so those these are programs where the state should be pumping money in, not program other economic development programs where you get pennies back on the dollar. So we only got about a, uh, a, a minute left. Uh, allegedly, you're going to have a state budget in about a month. What are some of the key things that NYPIRG wants to see in that budget? Well, I mean, the, the big ticket the big ticket items are on the environmental side. Uh, the state's facing rising mushrooming climate damages costs and climate damages. Who should pay right now? The governor wants to make the taxpayers pay. We think that the oil companies, who are primarily responsible for this mess, should have to kick in at least something. We're we're pushing for legislation for three billion dollars a year for each of the next twenty five years, and higher education, as we just described. Those are two big areas uh, that we're hoping to see uh, improvements uh, in the ultimate and final state budget, which you're right is supposed to be done by the end of next month. Fingers crossed. Blair Horner, executive director of NYPIRG, NYPIRG.org, and this has been Mark Dunley for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine.